Welcome to the latest edition. Um, I've got a powerhouse today. I've seen her do her work on the deck, you know, sound wise, perfectionist. She's really good and she does DJing. She's a mother, she's a wife. Uh, I'm hoping slash businesswoman, yes, basically, because she does a lot of things. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only DJ Ginger. So Ginger, who is DJ Ginger? Yeah, who am I? Yeah. Um, what a loaded question, right? I know, and and very often interviewers just do that, and sometimes yeah. it becomes like when people ask me that question, I get blank. I'm like, where do you want yeah, to start? Who am I? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'll tell you who Ginger is. So, um, oh, maybe is there a difference between so your your original name is uh, Abekem? Abekem. Abekem. Yes. Is that difference between Abakin and Ginger? Yes. Okay. Yes. So who am I looking for now? Let me look for Ginger. 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 Yeah. Right. So they're the same person, but I think Ginger is an alter ego. Um, and I came up with Ginger because I needed a name that had energy mm-hmm. in the name. And when we were going through, my partner and I, when we were going through names, you know, in Nigerian pigeon when you say ginger with a J like let me ginger you come in it's like energy it's like inspiration it's like so that was one of the reasons but then I didn't want to spell it with the J um and also I needed to connect back to home I think and names are great but there needs to be meaning behind the name right and the village that my mum is from so she's Java Okay. Um, from the Java tribe, and they are known for their ginger production. And I have very vivid memories when we would go to visit um, in Nigeria of my grandma sitting with dried ginger, and it was like a seat. So she'd be sitting um, in the village compound, like a cement type yeah. floor. Yeah. And she's cut, or her and the ladies in the village, they've cut all this ginger in half so the whole space is smells of ginger and I think I actually have a photo of it and she's just sitting in a sea of ginger so they were known as the ginger producing people in that area so it just made sense so the ginger was not just in the main point that to say I will ginger you in Nigeria I'll give you energy but it also has that kind of a historic yeah yeah, Resemble, yeah. Right. it's actually, you know, part of where I'm from. Right. Yeah. So when do you move to Australia? So we had, there were two, there were two trips. So my dad actually studied in Perth in right. the 80s. Mm-hmm. So he did his master's um, there. So we came, he came first and then myself, my sister and my mom joined him I can't remember what year, but I was very, very, very little, like under two, no, under one. Okay. And so we lived there for three years. Um, he finished and mum's story was she was over it because you can imagine Perth in the late 80s, like there was not much happening. There were very few Africans. Mm-hmm. So she was bored. She actually said when they landed in Perth, she was like, oh my gosh, what village am I in? <laughs> I want to go home. <laughs> it was nothing. <laughs> so she was insistent right. to go back home. Uh-huh. And then she was pregnant with my brother. Right. So they, we went back to Nigeria and we were there for seven years, I think it was. And then in 92, we came back and that was the permanent right. return. Yes. So you've been here since nine, 92. Yes. Wow. It's <laughs> yeah. been a while. It's been a while. And I, I can imagine. So... You've moved from, so when you got back, were you still in Perth or you now? No, the, so we came to already. Sydney right. and then I think it was a year after that, mm-hmm. we moved to Newcastle. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That, that, that's a way back. Yeah. And by then, when you moved in ninety nine, your dad, was he still studying? He was done studying? No, he was done studying. Because so I know, I heard a bit that your dad was um, a doctor. Was he a medical no, doctor? No, no, he was a microbiologist. But he had a PhD later on? Uh, no. Okay. No. <laughs> 
he was I think it's one of those things where when you work in the hospital fact a lot check. of Africans My fact check. <laughs> no it's alright <laughs> um, even when he passed away on his um, eulogy at home in Nigeria they put doctor and my mum was like he was not a doctor oh, take really? that off it's <laughs> <Yeah>, <laughs> like that's not right <laughs> no he worked in the hospital he was a microbiologist and immunologist um, right. and I think it's just one of those things where when they see uh-huh. you in a, in a lab coat they just yeah. assume you're a, um, you're a doctor but he was great and he knew he knew a lot in terms of medicine didn't he? yes yes because i know that so a friend of your family who's very close actually mentioned that you know Give what me names. if i'm not giving names, <laughs> Give <me> names. <laughs> he said if, if her dad was still here during covid he would have really done a yes amazing yes work. he was retired by the time covid by the time he passed away um but that would have i think he would have probably gone back to work right for covid uh-huh. that was his uh-huh. You know, yeah, he was... And, and a story about your mom also that fascinates me. I'm sorry I'm going to jump here yeah, a bit because I want us to get Let's to you go. eventually. Yeah. A story about your mom, wasn't she among, if I'm not mistaken, the first African woman to work at the university or something Absolutely. like that? Absolutely. University of Newcastle? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So she, um, she's a university librarian and she worked there i'm gonna say for over 20 years wow. yeah she was there for a long time and mm-hmm. she was one of the first black faces in newcastle <laughs> in U- newcastle Union. that's yeah. share with your experiences i'm sorry to all the nova questions but there's something about newcastle for me that i feel like the mentality is really not making any good progress in terms of multiculturalism yeah in speech it might be the case but in practice for me i still feel like there's a bit of a holding back yeah. Probably different to what might be happening in Sydney, in Melbourne, maybe the Gold Coast. I don't know what your experience is, but I think what, it's an where Australian I want thing. to go, you reckon? Mm. But even though it might be, but I think Newcastle, there's just something about it. I don't it know, because remember, feel, even back then, yeah. Africans were not really a lot of people here. It's interesting you say that, because whether we were really sheltered or I feel like, and I can't speak for all my siblings, but the general sense was we were really embraced by Newcastle. Oh, really? Yeah. So absolutely had experiences that were not positive and possibly racist, but we were also very young and there wasn't the language like there is now mm-hmm. for it. Um so to circle back to my mum, I can't speak for her, but definitely she had a lot of challenges. Right. But my mum is a powerhouse. You, She will not take no for an answer. She's incredibly confident. And I always tease her and I'm like, you should go for president because you'll put all those men to shame in Nigeria. She's not scared of who you are. She will tell you. But isn't that most of the Nigerian... African women? No, no, no. Whole truth. Yeah. I find most people from Nigeria having a certain level of confidence. Yeah. That really amazed me. Yeah. And very often when I look at the life of American, you know, African Americans and yeah. Nigerians, and I'm like, oh my goodness, you know what? <laughs> God blessed us there, right? Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, this is a cross. I may not really know more about the traditions that are there within the Hausa community and the Igbo yeah. community or the Yoruba community. Yeah. Or the other minority groups, but overboard, I can say Nigerians for me have always projected that level of confidence. And once they say no, the, you know, we mean it. They mean they yeah. know, yeah. So to say, yeah, I don't know what it is, but you know, there is a spirit within us that you just have to go for it. Um, and I remember being told by mum and dad very young you can do anything you can be anything um don't let people push you around whether they said it in those words or in just in action yeah. it was something that was instilled very young right um and i have vivid memories of sitting with my dad because i was such a creative and i would always come up with all these ideas i'm like oh my god dad i'm gonna be a pilot and he's like yeah you can be a pilot what do we need to do? I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that. You know what I'm going to do? <laughs> I mean, but whatever it was, no matter how harebrained, I had backing. So to come into this time of my life where I'm 
DJing, it makes sense because it's like, yeah, why can't I DJ? Of course I can DJ. Right. Yeah. And I was actually going to ask you a question about that, you know, to say coming from a Nigerian family. Yeah. Your mom worked in a space where academics find themselves in. Your dad worked (laughs) in a space that academics have found in. And here you are. I don't know more about your siblings as to which directions do they take. Yeah. And here you are. You ended as a DJ. Yeah. Is that a big thing within the house or community or is it a big thing in your family? Not at all. Um, yeah. Your dad is household, wasn't he? Was he? So we're from the yeah, we're from the north. So the tribe that we associate with most, yeah. we're closer to the houses. All right. Yes. Um, so we speak Hausa. I understand Hausa. Okay. And yeah, we identify as northern Nigerians right, in Hausa. Right. Um what was the question? Basically overall I wanted to also capture how does it feel to be then a house woman, yeah. young woman yeah. in the twenty first <laughs> whatever century it is and you're a DJ and yeah. what that would mean to old traditional house women in terms of whether one defiles the laws or yeah. whatever. So <clears throat> I think there is it depends on where you are in Nigeria. So if I was if I grew up in the north and I was living in northern Nigeria, I probably couldn't do this mm-hmm. um, the in the way that I'm doing it, right? Okay. I'd probably be a private DJ just in my house, you know, playing for the girls. <laughs> yeah. um, but then Nigeria as a whole has evolved and there's a lot more space for women to pursue non-traditional career paths. There is still resistance, excuse me, um, and I still get the odd comment here and there, like, oh my gosh, don't you want to settle down? And I'm like, I'm very settled. (laughs) (laughs) Next. (laughs) Probably they have their old version. Yeah. um, And I also, yeah, I do feel and hear the whispers of oh my god you know why is she doing this how can she do this you know i do hear it from nigerian from the nigerian community here or back in nigeria both right yeah um but deep deep down my world so the people that i surround myself with understand and love what I do and support, so I don't care. Right. <laughs> so I'm, I, I would be lying if I said I'm absolute Teflon and it doesn't bother me. Yeah, at times you do hear what people say and you're like, and you have a moment of second guessing. But as a whole, I'm like, well, that's your expectation of who I should be. I know who I am. Right. So... You go and be that if that's your expectation and I'll be who I am. Right. And if you don't want to see it, mute me, block me. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why a DJ? Mm-hmm. You wanted to be a pilot. Yes, it was like childhood kind of like, you know, fantasies. Well, that whatever. was one of yeah. the many. Right. Um, <laughs> that was one of uh, many. So I have a whole career. I'm a visual merchandiser by trade. Nice. Um, and... But I grew up around music and I think any muso will always say this, like, I just love music. I love that you can be in a particular headspace and a song will carry you to a different headspace. I love that it can evoke tears. It can get you dancing, you know. So, and it's so uniting, like it's like, a group of people on the dance floor, it's such a good vibe. So the motivation was music. Okay. But I had tried um, I had tried other ways to pursue music. So when I was 16, I think it was, mum and dad were like, you're going to play the piano and the organ. So they got me an organ. Right. And I was like, what a rubbish gift this is. <laughs> This big, giant, how embarrassing. And, you know, now I really appreciate it and I wish that I pursued it Mm -hmm. because what an incredible instrument. But back then, like, that wasn't cool. Right. Um, So I started that, played piano. It just didn't bring me joy. 
and it, it was I found it really really hard mm-hmm. um, I did dancing which I loved still love to dance right. singing also love but with those you need a different level of discipline okay to really make it. Not that you don't need that with DJing, you absolutely, because it's very, very technical, but it just wasn't where I wanted to put my discipline in. So, and I, I committed to them for a while, you know, but then I was like, not for me. So DJing was something that I had in my head and I hung around with a lot of DJs and they were always men. And I just felt like I felt intimidated to do it because it was such a masculine space and a lot of DJs are gatekeepers of the industry so they won't give you the information or help you start or maybe it's not intentional but they just it's not very easy to get information out of DJs, I find. Is it is it even among the men themselves or it's only between men and women because the space perhaps might have been considered a male-dominated and this should be where men are as opposed to women? Um, both. I think it's women and women, men, and it's just a DJ thing. And I think it's it could actually be a bigger thing. It could be in any industry. Maybe you find it in your, you know, maybe other lecturers are not yeah. as willing to give you um, or a person thing. I think it might be more easier within my space of work, Mm -hmm. especially if we all have one employer, we get the same salary or whatever the case. But as opposed to you, in your field, everybody's like a competitive space. You might want to be, you know, maybe you aren't to be a resident DJ in a very big club that you know the salary is big or it's something that you're doing as an entrepreneurial aspect of your life so perhaps withholding information in in your space might be more a big thing as opposed to i am possibly yeah but i so in my experience it was just hard to get information so i even from the sister djs like i didn't know any at the time you know when i first had interest in this did you Um, so obviously you started here not back in Nigeria to step into the DJ yeah. career, right? Yes. Because one of the other things that I was interested in to, is to hear how is the space here in Australia for you, not just as a woman, but a woman of color? Yeah. Uh, you hear a whole lot of the stories from DJs in South Africa and yeah. elsewhere that sometimes, and this is not only in a space of entertainment, so to say, but mm-hmm. it might even be in corporate world that sometimes to be employed you need to sort of pay your way in but paying your way in it might be even oh. in a sexual way or whatever the case how's yeah. the space here in australia and how was your experience when you were stepping in um so i really um thought about you know and if it was something that i i'm private like i don't like to put myself out there too much i like to keep things to myself um so to make the decision to actually start an instagram page and start you know making it a thing was really thought through mm-hmm. um and not that i curated my path but i had a really clear idea of what i will do and what i will not do okay. um and a strong sense of self so i've never had to compromise myself to get a job if that's what they want i don't want it <laughs> like yeah. it's not for yeah. me i'm not interested um but in terms of experience stepping out look i have been blessed in that the time that i decided which was really like so although i was playing for a while it was always in the privacy of my home or like little friends parties it was never like no one even knew that i could dj wow so it was only about a year and a half ago that I was like, and it was actually my partner that said to me, you better do this thing before it gets too late for you to do this thing. And I was like, gulp. Okay. okay. <laughs> I guess I'm doing it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when I put myself out there, I put myself out at a time where Afro beats was gaining momentum yeah and that was a massive motivator because being west african being nigerian 
That's the heart of Afrobeats. I thought to myself, if anyone's going to tell our story, we have to tell our story. Right. And who else yeah. <laughs> should be playing Afrobeats than yeah. those that, you know, although I didn't grow up there, I'm deeply connected to Nigeria. Yeah. It is home. Yeah. So why not? Um, so it's been positive in that there is a demand there's a demand for Afrobeats DJs. In Australia? Absolutely. Right. Yeah. So I can be a DJ? Absolutely. <laughs> and honestly, to any, like to those, because I get messages, oh my gosh, I want a DJ. And my, I, I'm like, do it. Because I can't play every single gig mm-hmm. and I don't want to. <laughs> so the more of us there are, the better it is. Right, you know, right. for the genre of music, for the community, right. you know, we're still, we're going to carry it further if there's more in the space. Yeah. So I've had a relatively positive, it's not to um, romanticize it and say, oh, it's all been good. No, it hasn't. But it's been very positive because I think that the temperature was right mm-hmm. for um, a woman mm-hmm. and a Nigerian woman to right. come into the space. Yeah. yeah. So now the people who are booking you now, is mm. it mainly African people or you also find white people in the space? Yeah, there's a lot of non-Africans. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of, it's so funny. So I played in Lithgow two weeks ago and Lithgow, small country town, right. very, very white, right? And the brief was R&B and hip hop and old school. Um, And so I played that. But by the end of the night, you know, there's a point when you're playing music where you know you've got them, right? Yeah. You've got them in the palm of your hand. So I had them and I was like, I can play any rubbish right now and they're going to go for it. (laughs) No, (laughs) no. Um, But I thought, okay, so I've got it. It's right. So I thought, let me try one Afrobeat song. Right. So I played Calm Down, Rema, mm, yeah. you know? Yeah. They stayed. Then another one. Then I thought, okay, let me play some Ama Piano. And I did. They stayed. And then I, and I ended up with more Afrobeats. And when I was driving back home, I thought to myself, there were a whole bunch of white kids in Lithgow singing in Yoruba. Oh. They knew. I played... Um, Ashake's Joha, mm-hmm. whether or not they knew the song, but you know, Joha, they, they, yeah. they knew that word. Yeah. So they were singing, and I was like, wow, wow, this is thought. something. Yeah. Who would have thought? Yeah. Yeah. So I think the, t- like the timing it's is right. Good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Um, this is really interesting. So, for any other young woman who wants to enter the space do right it, do it, now, do it. <laughs> what what words would you give to them? And in relation to the entire, you know, um, question that I asked, the line of question starting from, you know, whether should people stick to using their bodies as a way to enter into the space whenever there is a chance? And I know that that might be a very, you know, crazy question mm. to ask because sometimes you don't know people's complexities, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and sometimes I find that question being an unfair question if it's being asked to people who are in the industry because yeah. I'm like tasking you with a big thing, yeah. you know, and, and it might be ridiculous, but what would you say in that situation? So... I mean, there's different ways we can advise. I think um, for for women particularly, just do what you're comfortable with. Mm -hmm. Don't go past your limits because the minute you do, then, you know, you're going to, then the limit will be greater. And then before you know, you look back and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did all that right and in this day and age of social media everything is documented Mm. so once it's out there there's no going back so just know your limits um you don't have to fully know who you are but have a good sense of self yeah i think that's really important um and then master the craft so before I put myself out there, I made sure I had learnt the programs because technology had changed. Yeah. I knew how to use a variety 
of decks and controllers. Right. You know, know your craft and then love your music mm-hmm. and trust your instinct. Right. In the story that you just shared now, I was surprised to hear that, you know, the program was mainly R&B and was it, what R&B hip-hop, and yeah. hip-hop. Yeah. Because I've known you well-rooted within Afrobeats, Afrobeats and oh, piano. Oh, Tony, you don't so, know me. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm learning you a lot. think you I know a girl. I should probably invite you to come and be a DJ for classical music. I went out here only. I can play. For real. Yeah. <laughs> so so how, how long did it take you to sort of learn these different genres for someone who might say, perhaps music is not in my bone in the way that it is in other people? Some people are very versatile that they can jump easily on R&B and hip-hop and do good. Some might just say, uh, thanks for the invitation. Yeah. yeah. Look, you don't need to be everything to everyone. I was blessed in that I grew up in a household where my mom listened to soul. So the mm. Commodores and Lionel Richie. And then, you know, she would, I remember like waking up in the morning and Michael Jackson is going. I'm like, Who's mom. Who's Michael Jackson? Your mom. <laughs> my mother. <laughs> but then, you know, it was also a Christian household. So right. we listened to a lot of, you know, um, my dad was a choir master at one point. Uh, nice. So there was a lot of hymns in the household. And then he would make my sister and I go to the front and sing. In church, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of Africans have that experience <laughs> where you're dressed in matching clothes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then I had experience with that. Yeah. Um, my brother is a musician; he plays a lot of rock, alternative. So I was exposed to that growing I up in Newcastle. Brother, right? Yeah, and he shared a little bit about his band, the yeah. band he played for in Melbourne. I was like, this is really interesting. He's very talented, yeah. and he he. He creates what he calls sound art, you know, at the moment. And it's just ambient and beautiful. Have you ever worked with him? I want to. So I don't think the you? guy wants to work with me. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, we just, we're, we're, in, we're in very different spaces. So right. I think when we find um, a genre to work with, working together then we probably will i would love to work with he's one of my best friends of course i would love to work with him um yeah so i grew up and then you know growing up i loved hip-hop and r&b like i remember listening to salt and pepper's very necessary Uh, album game changer lauren hills you know miss education erica badu so i grew up in that and then because i love music i also love pop like Backstreet Boys, Britney Spears, you know, Lizzo. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, you loaded, your archive is good. Yeah, yeah, so it's easy for me to switch from, you know, Burner Boy to The Killers because I know mm. those genres. So I haven't had to learn, but you also need to have a deep curiosity. Right. So if I hear an artist, like I, are about, Two years ago, I got really into Deep House. Mm-hmm. And when I heard an artist and I'll research them and then I'll look further and then you discover and thank God for Spotify and other, you know, platforms like that. You can like go a bit go deeper. Radio, yeah, to see yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, who is in that space. So I think in terms of you don't necessarily need to learn. I think it's more about being curious, being interested, um, and being honest, if you don't like it, you don't like it. Right, like, right. But yeah. you've never felt any pressure at all when you have to to play, particularly um, a piano and Afrobeats, because there's a certain traditional connection mm. of that music with, with the people, mm-hmm. you know, the African people, mm-hmm. um, as compared to if you are to play perhaps something else, which is not pro-African mm. people might be like oh we can forgive you but to sort of do I don't know what, what jargon you'll use here South Africans like to call something horses when they say you're playing horses like you, you're jumpy jumpy you're not sort mm-hmm. of syncing your songs accurately there's no sort of more flow and cascade and whatever aren't you you never felt any pressure at all to say what would Nigerians you know feel about me doing music that doesn't sort of mix I absolutely other? still feel pressure the Nigerian crowd in particular is a tough crowd. <laughs> they will boo. For real. I've gotten booed. For real. For real. That kind of be people in Let me tell you what happened. It wasn't it was in Sydney, <laughs> but it actually wasn't for the music, let me be clear. It was more so we were it was 
DJ changeover and I had my equipment and the other DJ was taking their equipment. Uh, so we needed to swap, like yeah. input the XLRs, yeah, right? Yeah. So there was like a lull where there was silence and people who were partying, they don't want that silence. Now what happened was it was 10 seconds, but then I felt the pressure to play straight away. And I think it was one of my USBs that wasn't in properly. It was something Whoa. really simple, but I, we were fiddling with all different chords. So it was about 30 seconds and I heard boo. Whoa. And I was like, excuse me? <laughs> How did so we it get threw, back from It that? threw me off. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. It threw me off and I felt really vulnerable and really exposed. And then I had to self-talk. And I said, you better nail this thing. Right. And I did. Right. <laughs> right. So I had to, you just have to, it's very high pressure. Uh-huh. And to go back, um, you've got to have a self, strong sense, sense of self. But at um, what space, um, Ginger, does one have to be honest with themselves to say, look, perhaps this is not my field at all. I'm not saying that was the case with you, but I'm just saying like now as someone who's still growing with your experience, but now you've sort of improved quite greatly. You're amazing. Yeah. At what point should someone come and say, look, I need to hang these boots in my six months career (laughs) and and try something else? Yeah. Um, I think you've got to know if you're good or not. Like you've, you can't wait because people are not always going to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Even if you're terrible, they might just be like, "Oh, what a great, you know, DJ." On a one-on-one, but when they when they drunk, is that yeah. still the case? The uh, just boo. Doesn't the booing mean something? Well, I think. Let me try and answer this. I just think you've got to know yourself enough to know whether you're doing well Mm -hmm. and you want it enough to continue or to stop i think that is up to the onus it can't be on whether people are booing or not they may it may be a myriad of things like i have i try not to play the the same set but there's certain transitions that just work really well so i'll do them over and over again and there's certain mixes of songs that i've played at one place and people are losing their mind high-fiving me tipping me and then i've played it at other places and no one's on the dance floor Mm. so if i was to look outwards then i would say oh i'm not good it just it wasn't the right vibe it wasn't you know um and if i didn't know who i was or feel a level of confidence in what i was doing that could completely put me off um so i think you've just gotta you've got to be honest with yourself yeah yeah so why why piano um and afrobeats in particular like your 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 research into them because you've mentioned that sometimes if it's different kind of music you'll sort of do a bit of your research yeah is there anything in particular than just you know um afrobeats and 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 i'm a piano being the in thing or Mm -hmm. getting people to really dance or whatever is there a historic thing about them that you'd say you admire about the music in particular so much i feel like our music is more than just music. Like when you listen to African music, it hits differently. Right. There is a spiritual connection. Mm-hmm. There is, even like when you listen to, I sent a girlfriend of mine recently, a South African choir. She's South African yeah. like yourself. And I sent her a choir and the harmonies were just, you have this wailing way of singing yeah. that can bring you to tears. So, I maybe I'm biased because I'm African, but I feel like the music hits differently. Right. When you it hits your soul, like it gets into your bones yeah. and you feel yeah. the energy of the music. And so that's the main motivator. Right. And also the storytelling which you alluded Correct. about it earlier yes. on. To and say. it's ours. And and uh, before we start you were sort of complimenting the lock drum of, of Amapiana. Oh my god, that lock that drum. Yeah. <laughs> it has 
who oh my god that lock drum game changer mm. i just think it has taken i'm a piano right right it is i'm a piano you know that is the sound of i'm a piano right and it's changed music right. we needed it we needed to but hear how do that you feel instrument. then with the way in which this music is now sort of growing more traction stepping out of africa so to say in a way that not only from african people being the one was sort of now um composing it this mm. also non-africans are now composing it when you listen to the work of those i'm not sure if there ever is any that you can say i'm pointing out that i'm a piano mm. this is a concept of i'm a piano but it's sort of from london or whatever the case but it doesn't still give that african core thing but how mm. do you feel with people adopting i'm a piano adopting afro, afro beats aren't you worried about maybe the true meaning and the true look mm. drum of it mm, might lost. change and look something completely different i think it will whether i'm um resistant or not it will change right because once you put something out there into the mainstream then people are going to have different iterations of it and they're going to play around and you know there's a lot of power in that in then we create newer sounds and we um we are exposed to newer music i think the only thing that i really am hoping for and this is why i keep encouraging you know other africans to yes dj right. is that we get credited for it you know right. we don't lose that it doesn't become i was a friend was telling me that someone was creating a genre called euro piano where it was like a and you know <laughs> yeah and I, <laughs> and I and i was like well no it should still be i'm a piano the pianos right but you can maybe call it something else mm-hmm. you can call it euro dance music mm-hmm. a derivative of but mm-hmm. you know i don't know i just I, i feel like what we just need to be careful of is losing um the recognition right. but then that's just an insecurity that's just a fear because if you look at the population of even just Nigeria alone right. how can we lose afrobeats yeah. with you know 200 and something yeah. million people yeah. we can't lose it yeah. <laughs> it's going to continue um so i don't know how i feel to be completely honest i probably feel both ways i'm probably open mm-hmm. and also a bit closed if i'm going to be 100% right, about right. that. Yeah. And now in your work um have you started you know uh composing by yourself or you 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 mainly at this moment you know um sampling? Um a little bit. Right. Yes. But when can we start to hear more of the I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to put a time on it because then that puts pressure and then you feel like you're working under pressure. Oh, I said to Tony, I've got to right. do it on this day. Yeah. Um but possibly soon. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I want to create my own mixes, but what my own mixes in terms of original music, right? right? But what I think needs to happen before that is I need to go home and work with some core Afrobeats artists. Nice. Yeah. Are there and any that sort of inspires you especially within the system? DJ Neptune. Oh my gosh, I oh, love Neptune? him. Yeah, right. Neptune. Right. Um CK, I love Rema. I love his work. DJ Cup Cuppy, who I think she's been doing this for way longer and she's, you know, seasoned and yeah, a veteran yeah. and super talented and she tried to bring introduce Afrobeats to the UK, uh-huh. you know, way before it was cool to do so so oh. yeah she right. really tried yeah. she's more dance and house at the moment but i think she had to from what i know of her music she had to kind of move into that those genres right, right. because afro beats was not going to get her the gigs mm. um that she wanted to and you find that with a lot of um afro beats dj's like now they can play whatever they want but you know 10 years ago even maybe up to 5 years ago people right. were still a bit resistant oh no one's going to dance this is yeah, too different yeah. um we don't know this sound <laughs> right um yeah so okay in terms of musical inspiration 
Um, and also Ashake. Ashake. Yeah. Right. He's a, I love his take on Fuji music. Okay. Yeah. I really love that he's made that genre. What seems so primitive and tribal, right? Mm-hmm. He's made it mainstream and right. really cool. Right. Right. Which, yeah. Um, so I appreciate I was him for that. I, I, I love his music, but sometimes I get a little bit mad tired. about him. Y- yeah. No, no, not tired, but yeah. mad about him because Why? He, Why does are you this, mad? he does this nice tricks sometimes that um, I feel like if perhaps this was a little bit longer, maybe it would have been amazing. Oh, yeah, he cuts it when and you're he like cuts hungry. It very quickly and I'm like, oh, oh. my goodness. You know, I, what's the name of that song? Uh, no Go Doll? Dull. Is it dull, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, and I listened to it. I'm like, my goodness, I you, need just, more. you just repeated a little bit of few lines and they are amazing. Yeah. This is like some, but isn't that the brilliance of it? It is, but you know what? <laughs> the people are hungry. I had people in the middle of orgasm when they say that. The people are hungry. They're <laughs> <laughs> not satisfied. And he's just like, boom. I'd be mad about that. I'm yeah. like, come on, you should have done it a little bit more. Yeah. I think that's also the brilliance. Right. You know, he knows when the time is to, and I think that's that's a life lesson. You've got to know sometimes when to right. leave right. <laughs> and say goodbye. He's just leaving the wrong time. <laughs> <laughs> or the no, right time. This is one person who make you hate goodbyes. You're like, no, not now. Don't not now. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and I'm just trying to think of any other artists that I... But also, like, there's artists in different genres that I do mm. admire their work. Solange Knowles, mm. I've loved her work since way before she became mainstream, since mm. she was just, you know. Yeah. Um, but then as she got mainstream, especially after she released that track, Losing You. Yeah. Have you seen the video to that? Oh. Tony, do yourself it. a favor <laughs> and watch the video. It's actually shot in South Africa. Oh, to okay. Losing You by Solange Knowles. And she features all these um, Sapuas, the Lasaps, mm. in the video. Mm. It is so beautiful. Right. Um, so I love her work and I love the way that she brings art into music. And, um, you know, also being the sister of Beyonce, she's kind of paved her own way, nice. which is a really hard thing to do. Nice. You know, it's easy to just try and copy, but she's like, no. I'm going to do this. So, appreciate So, you're coming from a space that you yeah. would love to sort of go first work with artists back in Nigeria before absolutely. you can step more into, yeah. you know, composing your own work. Yep, right. absolutely. That's really amazing. You've landed into Bondi Radio. Yeah. Do you want to tell us about that? Yeah. <laughs> so, I have my show on Wednesdays from 5 to 7. It's called Get Gingered. Right. <laughs> um, for obvious reasons. <laughs> um and five to seven weekdays? Yes, on Wednesday, just oh, on, on Wednesdays Wednesday. sorry, from sorry. 5 to 7 p.m. Um, so it was actually, um, it was just the right time. Right. So I, I saw, I knew that I wanted to work in radio. And so you can't just sit back and wait for things to come to you. You've got to look. So I started looking on the different stations that I would possibly want to work for. And I saw that they were looking and I was like, interesting. Let me apply. Applied, had two interviews, was successful and landed my own show. It was just the right timing. And, you know, they have never had, so they're predominantly house music and a bit of alternative. Um, They'd never had anything like Afrobeats on the show. And so when I pitched it to them, they're like, why not? Which was, yeah, Yeah. which I was really impressed by. Um, And so I've had the show since October last year. And yeah, I love it. Yeah. So how's the the, um, lineup? Not lineup, but like how's the structure of Get Gingered? So Get Gingered, I, I flow between just playing mixes and having a bit of you hear my voice i chat a little bit and right <laughs> tell you about my day and random stories about what i'm doing um but keep it really short no one wants to hear one, okay. a woman talking for too long <laughs> <laughs> um so i do that and then i mainly you know, sometimes i'll talk about the artists that i'm playing but also keep it short 
Um, and then it's mainly about the music. And I start, because it's 5 p.m., people are coming home or getting in their car, so it starts really chilled. Yeah. Might play some Rema, some, you know, just some Asha. It's just something really low. Then I move into a bit more like of our Ruga, our dance holy, up-tempo okay. genres. Then I play a little bit of I'm a piano. Nice. And, you know, the Nigerian I'm a piano as well. Um, I play a little bit of that and then I will end with Afro House. So nice. we start soft and by the end, you better be dancing in your car. Uh-huh. <laughs> you better be. So that's the general structure. But yeah. then I also am getting guests on. So trying to work with um, upcoming Afro beats artists nice. in Australia. Nice. Um, promoters of Afrobeats, so people within the Afrobeats and Amma Piano um, community okay. in, you know, Sydney and um, the rest of Australia and just get them on to feature and give them a platform. And also um, not just, it's not just about music because I feel like music and is one part of who we are, but yeah. our food, our clothing, it's all intertwined for yes. us, right? Yeah. So I recently, I, last year I had Little Lagos, the head chef on there, uh-huh. and she talked about food because it's all related. Nice. Um, yeah. yeah. So that's, that's beautiful. Sketching. So who are you rubbing shoulders with there? People are part of the big, you know, <laughs> big, whatever the head honchos in Australia. Oh. I wouldn't say, so my studio time, I'm sorry to disappoint you, I'm alone in the studio. So part of the training was learning how to use all the equipment and then you run your show. So I run my show by is myself. That how it is? Yeah. And then they, um, there's someone else that will upload the show and do all that stuff and, you know, probably a bit of editing for you. But I run my show. Oh, nice. Yeah. And some some of our um, hosts actually um, run their show remotely. Oh. Yeah. Well, thanks for technology. <laughs> yes, thank you, 2023. Yeah. Now, let's, let's step onto your other side of your life. We'll mm-hmm. be sort of wrapping soon. I'm looking at your time there so that I can honor your time also. That's okay. We can um, keep going. You are not just an artist. You're not just in an entertainment space. Yes, your entertaining space is sort of linked with, you know, business because you get booked here and there and everything. But I want to touch the aspect of the fact that you are also a wife mm-hmm. and you're also a mother. Mm-hmm. How do you balance those? Um, I have a wonderful partner, mm-hmm. like a really, really supportive partner who's like, do you? Right. <laughs> you know, so that's the number one Um um, that's how, you know, I do it most of the time, or we do it. Um, and you've just got to be really disciplined and organized. So it's not every gig that I say yes to. Okay. You can't get up in, get caught up in the drinking and the partying. Um, it's funny because I think Instagram presents a different persona, but the reality is uh-huh. I arrive to my gig i play and then i go home and i'm in bed for real (laughs) for real you never do like road shows or you know like pumping up a lot of gigs in a day sometimes i've done that Uh and it can be really exhausting and you can't because if you some djs can do it and i respect them for doing it but you want to give your all to a gig and giving your all means knowing who the crowd is going to be or doing your research, having a bag of different music so you can switch it up. If something's not working, you go to a different genre right. or a different vibe. So that takes time. The gig for me doesn't just start when I get there. It starts at home, okay. you know, weeks before when I'm prepping the music, finding new tracks, the latest tracks, related tracks, right? Um, tracks in the same key, in the same BPM. Like, yeah. you know, so there's a yeah. lot of that goes in. So I find that when I'm, when I try and cram in too much, 
I'm either going to play the same thing and it may not work mm-hmm. for the different gigs mm-hmm. um, or I'll just give half of me because I'm so tired, right. you know, because um, yeah. it is a performance. You're giving a lot of yourself. So it can also be draining because yeah. you're there smiling, yeah. high-fiving people, dancing, you know, which is fun but exhausting. Isn't there yeah. software already that sort of can match this, you know, songs and according to BPMs and according to time frame? It, it will... It will sort it out for you, but you can't just input one song and trust that it's going to work with the next. You have to listen and make sure and also find the right point in a particular song Mm -hmm. to mix because not every song, even if they're they're in the same beats per minute and they're, they're in the same key, they may just sound absolute rubbish together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you yeah. have to listen. Yeah. So you have a partner who says to you, do you or be you. Yeah. How do you then keep Ginger grounded and not grounded in a sense of submitting to a toxic patriarchy or toxic masculinity? Yeah. But how do you keep Ginger grounded so that Ginger doesn't forget that she's abacome at the same time? Yeah. And even in terms of what um, to nurture your family would look like to nurture your little one would look like yeah um we spend a lot of time together and my partner's very honest with me like to the point where sometimes i'm like like, can you not (laughs) i don't hear it (laughs) (laughs) um yeah very honest so you need people who are going to and also my my best friend like my closest people, my mother, oh my God, she's brutally honest. Yeah. You know, you need people who are going to be honest with you and say, hey, like, that's not on or whatever. So I've made sure I surround myself with people who I believe have my best interest at heart. Right, right. And then I also know myself. Uh-huh. Like I have a, and I have a strong sense of priorities. Like, my husband and my child are number one. So if it means cancelling a gig or not, then I'll do it. Right. It's not that important. Right. <laughs> you know, it's not more important than, you know, those two wonderful men mm-hmm. in my life. Um, so you've, I have a really strong sense of priority. Right. Um, and then I just, we just, we, we communicate a lot. So... Mm-hmm. Everything that comes up, we talk it through. This is coming up. Should I do it or not? Mm, you know, we've also got this and this and this week, this weekend. Maybe not. Okay. Sorry, I can't do this gig. Right. Like it's, right, yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So, what, what would you say to a woman DJ or female DJ out there who might feel like I need to sort of also wear the feminist hat? Like, how's the industry? Do you come across, you know, female DJs who want to sort of also push the feminist hat within the industry? And how does the industry receive them? Or how would you sort of encourage them if they are to sort of survive in this space that you're in? I just need to be a bit clear on the question. When you say feminist hat, what do you mean? (laughs) Like... Did he just do that with me? I'm interviewing the interviewer. <laughs> so but Dr. Tony, you know I this is what I do as well. <laughs> so the feminist head would be, obviously we know there's different branches of feminism, but let's say those who might want to sort of bring the radical aspect of it. Okay. And I'm not necessarily having any problem with the radical aspect of it, as long as the radical aspect of it is sort of... Um, the reasoning is sort of making sense because I think there's a certain level of radicalism that sometimes gets really irrational, so to say. Mm -hmm. But those would say now it's a space for women, let women occupy the space. And because I'm also a wife, um, I'm gone. I'm not leaving the house with the stove. I'm not leaving the house with the dishes. You remain behind, do your own things. But the intersecting of how you'd play feminism back home to say to your husband, well, you, you can also look after the little one. It's not mm. always upon me as a woman. Mm. But also when you get into the space of the DJing, you sort of also push him. Why is this lineup only men and I'm the only woman? When are we going to sort of change things around here? So it's more leaning towards the radical aspect of it. And not that I've got anything wrong with the radical yeah. aspect of it, but I mean sometimes a certain 
rationality that I think we need to sort of step into. There's some people believe in the feminism that really we need to sort of replace the men, and some they yeah, believe in the feminism that look, yeah. I cannot exist without the men. A coexisting space and a safe mm-hmm. space is more important, so to say. Okay, so uh, I haven't come across too many radicals, mm-hmm. but I have come across a few radicals in terms of feminism, um, and. I just think anything at the extreme is dangerous, right? So if someone is pushing for an all-female lineup because we're female, I would question that in that how good are the females? Are they in the right genre? You can't just have an all-woman lineup because it's women. You need to do what's right for your audience yeah Yeah. so I think it's great to celebrate I'm very pro women taking up more space okay Um, I'm very much for that but I think you also need to be qualified for that space you can't just take up space it's like people of color wanting more space yes we we but get yourself ready so when the space is available, you're ready for that space. Right. So that's how best I will explain that. But just to go back to something you mentioned, um, to be fair to, I think my husband is a feminist without knowing <laughs> because he's just taken on roles okay. that are predominantly seen as feminine. Yeah. But he's, he's always like, this, this is our child. Right doesn't mean it's woman's work it's our child it's our food it's our like we have to eat so um and he also grew up in a household like that i grew up in a household like that where the responsibilities were shared so it's natural that we both go you know i can take the rubbish out as well as you can take the rubbish out right um yeah Yeah. i don't know if that answers your question uh no it's good i love i love i love it i love hearing how also people think about you know feminism within their own spaces yeah and i technically have nothing wrong with feminism that i feel like the reasoning makes sense as opposed to when you now get irrational about things and you want something to be done for the sake of being done the whole idea of the quota system so let's just put people of color but you find that you put people of color who are set standard sort of Mm. say it's a representation of other people around at the same time Mm -hmm. right and I've noticed you hardly post anything about your family. Is that mm. strategic? Well, it's my space, mm. right? And it's about the music and it's about ginger. And I know we're in this age of authenticity where they're like, share, be honest. But you also need to protect what is most valuable to you. Mm. So it's not everything that's shared. Like my family is my business. It's not your business. (laughs) You don't need to know what we're doing in our daily life. Like you have come to this page because you're interested in Ginger and the music. So that's what you're going to get. If you're looking for more, that's not the place for it. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, they just, and also, like I said, initially, we're pretty private, like, not as in we're withholding. We just, yeah, we just like to keep to ourselves mm-hmm. and do our own thing. And have you ever come across very nasty mm-hmm. people who <laughs> you'd wonder, you know, why are you having such nasty comments on my page? Like, yeah. if you don't like me, why don't you go check out pages of people you like? Yeah, or keep it to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, I have. <laughs> I've had a troll. I've had a few trolls. Um, but... So my, what I do as soon as I see that, so my page is still quite small, so it's manageable, right. but then it's growing really quickly. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it's going to get into, gonna get to a point where I can't manage it on my own. But the, the first thing I do is I get mad, I get raging mad, and I want to co- like comment and go back and forth. Right. That's a Nigerian in me, yeah. but I don't. I just block them and delete the comment and don't engage right i'm not interested in that back and forth um because that's what they want right they want you to they want to drag you down Mm -hmm. and it's not the place for it like my page is very happy it's like 
go and do that somewhere else or yeah. don't do it at all. Yeah. <laughs> like this is not the space. Yeah. Um, and when it has happened, I, I would love to sit here and say to you, oh my gosh, I just dusted off my shoulders and, you know, it doesn't worry me. Of course it gets to me. Like I had someone comment on one of my posts where I was actually mixing and this person said, why are you pretending to mix? Okay, but what what does that mean? What were you that good? Because I'm trying when I when you say it now, I'm trying to listen to the fact that were you that good that the person wasn't? Or maybe let me ask. There was what, more. What was there was more. There was yeah. more in the comment. Why are you pretending to mix? Tell the truth. You know, you're just um, you're just doing it for Instagram. It was something along those lines. Yeah, like you're just posing. I think was the words. Do you they know who the person is. Because you've got them. an event coming soon, I'd rather get that person a free ticket <laughs> to really come and dance on you playing in Newcastle. <laughs> I, know, I, was, I, was, I was so mad because you know when you put your you put a lot of effort into something and you work on yeah. you know your technical skills, and for someone to say, "Oh my gosh, you're pretending," I was like, "No, I'm doing this." But why? So I had to check myself and go, "You know that you're playing." If they want to think that, that's on them. Mm -hmm. It still hurts that they're going to say that and other people are going to see that, you know. It doesn't feel nice not to be liked or not to be, (laughs) you know, it doesn't feel nice. But I was like, it was, you know, probably a couple of hours of raging and then I blocked the person and they're gone like I don't have to interact with this person ever again and I'll probably interact with other people like that but yeah I built a bit more resilience um yeah for that um couple of weeks there's something happening Mm -hmm. can you tell us about it yeah so myself and the box which is one of the inaugural Afrobeats events in Sydney so started by a promoter, Kevin Osifo. They're on their seventh year now. Um, right. Yeah, he started an Afrobeats night and it's called The Box. So we've collaborated to bring you Ginger The Box. Mm-hmm. And it's just going to be an evening of music. So we've got three DJs coming, myself, DJ Prowls, DJ Black Magic and maybe another one and we'll see about that um and we just want to play music because there just doesn't seem to be anything Afrobeats happening in newcastle so we're doing it on a sunday it finishes at 10 it starts at 5 p.m real time not african time. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um yeah and just for people to come and enjoy music that's it when's the date 30th of april okay yeah the sunday the 30th so I'm excited. Gives Are you us coming? A, gives us a bit of time because now I've got I can release this before. Oh, the, awesome! Before the time. Mm-hmm. I'll try my best to come support you. Please. Yeah. I'll try my best to come support you, and I'm excited to hear that you are coming back to Newcastle and of you've course. got a project happening. Yeah. Um, I really support your work. I love your work. I love your energy, and I love the fact that your space is a unifying space. I've mm. seen people from different nations, different skin colors coming together just enjoying music and Mm -hmm. and i commend you for the bold step that you took it was a great magic for me meeting you at uh, one of our friends uh what was it what was it again i think it was emeka's citizenship uh party yes yes, emeka's and 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 from there i was like amazing i feel like my problems of africans getting a dj in newcastle are finally (laughs) over (laughs) but to be to be absolutely fair there's lots of afrobeats djs in sydney and that was part of the motivation of bringing a couple so that newcastle can get to know a few and you can now you know rely on you know there's a few of us right. that will travel down and play music for whatever you're doing. Right. Um, but the Novocastrians need to get their act together and produce their own Afrobeats yeah, DJs. I don't know. This is a different ground. I said it earlier on, the mentality. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? 
Dr. Tony uh, DJ. Yeah, I'm, no? not, I'm not going to do DJ. That's definitely what I thought. People are going to people are going to boo me from no. just from seeing the line. I'll be like, not him, you know. <laughs> but yeah, so DJ Ginger, thank you. How do people get access to you for bookings? Not yeah. to troll, but for bookings and not to, to connect troll. with you. Yeah, um, definitely not to troll. Yeah. Um, so you can find me at DJ GNGR mm-hmm. um, on Instagram, and that's there's a link tree there. Um, where you can just send me a message and I usually try to respond ASAP or you can DM me, right. you know. It might take a while because it goes to that place where new DMs go and then you, yeah. have, to, you have to find yeah. it. Um, yeah. yeah, but that's the best way. That's amazing. Thank thanks. you for having me. I'm excited. Thanks for coming. <laughs> with no prep. Thanks for making the time with no prep <laughs> and we've just been going through. I was so interested in capturing your life, your inspiration, and I know that this will inspire somebody out there, even if it's people who are not necessarily coming from the entertainment industry, but the principles that you carry, I think they're principles that people should carry also, you know, the confidence in in the self, the Mm. investment in your own craft that you do, you know, but still striking a balance between the fact that you're not just an entertainment industry, you're a human being, and also the fact that you're also in a relationship and you're a parent, you know, just that balance in itself is really amazing. Thank you. Thanks Thank for you. coming. Oh, my pleasure. <laughs> You're next. You're coming to Bonda. I'm, I'm coming to Bonda. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Thanks and Tones. That was Dr. Ginger. And we're looking forward to having a great time end of April with her and the team that is coming all the way from Sydney. So go ye and be best human beings and be the best versions of yourselves. We'll catch you later. Cheers.